Welcome to the official ABA Law Student Podcast, where we talk about issues that affect law students and recent grads. From finals and graduation to the bar exam and finding a job, this show is your trusted resource for the next big step. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the ABA Law Student Podcast on Legal Talk Network. This is Fabiani Duarte here, and I am the host for today's show, along with my new co-host, Madison Burke from the 12th Circuit. She's our 12th Circuit Governor on the Board of Governors for the Law Student Division. And this is being presented today by the American Bar Association's Law Student Division that we both serve on. So in this monthly podcast, we're interviewing guests and cover topics of interest for law students and recent grads from finals to graduation to today, bar prep and the bar exam. Uh, And we hope that this show uh, becomes a trusted and valuable resource for all of you, our listeners out there. Today's topic is actually an exclusive interview with Mr. Richard, the Barbary founder. So, you know, Mr. Richard Conviser is an esteemed professor here in Chicago, actually was the uh, brains behind the Barbary operation. Today, we're going to ask him a little bit about how that came to be, his vision for it, and how it's become this incredible um, program that serves millions of students in its breadth across the the country. So, um, before we get started... To benefit our audience, uh, why don't we let Madison talk a little bit about who she is, and then uh, Mr. Richard, we will uh, rock and roll with this uh, with this interview. All right, thank you, Fabi. I'm really glad to be here. As he said, I'm Madison Burke, and I'm the 12th Circuit Governor on the Law Student Division Board. I serve the great states of Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, and Alaska, and I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad to have Legal Talk Network hosting us and this great interview. Welcome, also, Professor. So, Professor Conviser, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. Welcome to the ABA annual meeting. I always feel very welcome here, and as I mentioned during the the course of my little talk in there, uh, I've been coming to this annual meeting now for 15 plus years. I always love coming here and being with you folks, and as I mentioned during my talk, I happen to think that the law student division, since I've been involved with it, and beforehand, of course, uh, does such commendable things. And my parting comment today was just keep up the good work uh, because it has been good work and it's always been consistent on your part. Yeah, you gave quite a quite an address today to our assembled law student members that are here for the law student division assembly. Um, what are some of the, the things that you talked to them about, some of the advice you gave them? Well, you know, in terms of, of advice... Uh, and things to think about uh, when you're when you're talking about thinking about the bar examination, you've really got to put it in context because it is for people taking it pretty much a first time kind of experience. Now, yes, you all have taken very important examinations in your life beforehand. You took one called the SAT. You took one called the LSAT in order to be able to get into uh, into law school. Uh, But those exams, as important as they were, the long and short of it is they they weren't pass-fail examinations. The worst that could happen to you, you take the LSAT examination and you don't get the score you would have liked to have gotten, you might not get into the school you wanted to get into, you might not get the scholarship money you would have loved to have had, but hey, 
you did get into school, and 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 you got through it all, and and that so that that's fine. Uh, and not only that, whatever happened to you in your LSAT examination, that's your own business. I mean, unless your mother somehow or another snuck in and found out the results, <laughs> you're the only person in the world that knows them. Now, flash forward. Now we're talking about the bar examination. And this is an entirely different animal. This is a, this is a test of incredible importance because you've now gone all the way through undergrad, all the way through law school. You've got all this time, seven years on average, all this money invested in your education. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, you get that lovely law school diploma. looks great. Hang it in your wall. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you're not a lawyer yet. You only become a lawyer by passing this exam. It's the final hurdle. That's and where Barbary is such an important part, I think, of the law school experience. So even though you've graduated, I think the bar exam is something that from day one, law students are thinking about. And you're couching all of the instruction you're getting in the class into how this is going to play into your practice in the future, how this is going to help you be able to pass this exam, because it is that final hurdle that students have to jump over in order to actually be practicing attorneys. So could you tell us a little bit about where this idea came from? How did you decide to get involved in bar prep? Sure. I went to law school in Northern California at Berkeley. And right after law school, I took the California bar exam. Which, thank God, (laughs) which, thank God I passed. Uh, But then wound up going to Europe on a special project for a number of years came back to uh, the States, and by the way, I want to back, take a step back for a second. When I walked out of the California bar exam with my classmates, I remember saying, well, if I passed it, that's the last exam I'm ever going to take. And that's <laughs> the good news, right? Famous last words. Famous last words, <laughs> indeed. Uh, because then I wound up with a, a job the big international law firm in, in Chicago. It's, it's not in, only in Chicago. It's all around the world called Baker and McKenzie. And one of the things that enticed me to unpack my bags uh, and start with them in Chicago, which, although they have 20 offices around the world, still is their headquarters office, uh, was they were getting ready to open office in San Francisco in three years' time, which they did ultimately open. But I had to spend the first three years learning really how to be a a practicing lawyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was going to do that in the Chicago office. And and, uh, so they said to me, well, you're going to be here for three years. I said, no, you don't have to go there. I'm already a lawyer. I passed the California bar exam. (laughs) They said, no, no, no. But you're not licensed in Illinois. And you will take the Illinois bar exam. And, you know, I saluted and said, okay, whatever. And so I did. And the experience of studying for it, that second go-round, was less than pleasant, less than fulfilling, and and I thought missed on a whole variety of points and places. And and so as that summer went on, this thought occurred, somebody ought to be doing a better job than this. So did you self-study, or were there courses out there? there No, there were courses out there. There were courses. Every state had its own course, and they were different. Mine happened to be a one-person course. And it really became appalling when he refused to acknowledge, as he was teaching his criminal law, <laughs> that the state of Illinois had just enacted a new code the year earlier. Wow. Small and, detail. Yeah, small detail. <laughs> so one thing led to another. And 
while I was still practicing. Indeed, my old law firm, much to its surprise, wound up being the first Barbary office. Really? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, but we only had 31 students. So it wasn't too many people were, mm-hmm. that were coming through. 31. And how many students now do you, do you have? We, this year we had our 1,300,000th student. Oh, my wow. gosh. Congratulations. Gosh. That's amazing. That, that's, mm-hmm. that is fantastic. So how did you build this to scale, you know, to kind of snowball from 31 to yes. over a million students? In a sense, it just sort of happened, created it. And I started thinking about what one could do uh, mm-hmm. in order to make this whole exercise better. Yeah. And one of the things I thought that would, would be a major improvement from the courses that existed pretty much across the nation was to get professors involved, law school mm-hmm. professors. But law school professors, this was beneath them. <laughs> they, you know, in the day, hmm. they wouldn't do this. And so my first chore was to persuade them to come on board. And actually in our very first course, we had four professors from Northwestern, three from the University of Chicago, one from Harvard, number from the University of Illinois, we had them from DePaul, Mm-hmm. from Loyola Kent. And, you know, it was like a snowball rolling downhill. That's mm-hmm. great. Third was beneath me to, wait, you're telling me you got a couple already from the University of Chicago and they're doing this? Hmm. Oh, well, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, and ever afterwards. So it, then I took a look around the country and all the courses were really pretty much mediocre. Mm-hmm. It was an open playing field as far as I was concerned. Uh, and I discovered I enjoyed this more than practicing. And so, ultimately, that's what I wound up doing. So there's a lot of competition in the market now. What would you say sets Barbary apart from its competitors when students are trying to make the choice of who to do their bar prep through? Well, you know, I mean, we still though have the overwhelming majority of students, and always do. As I mentioned, by the way, in the talk mm-hmm. I gave today, which you folks have heard, you know, you can advertise all you want to. You have nice four-color brochures and your posters. Uh, you can put up, you know, any facts you want to put up. The fact of the matter is, the bar exam is too important. You can't afford not to pass it. Not only is, is, is that a black mark on your career, candidly, but then you got to go do the same thing all over again six months down the road. Yep. And you know, if you're working in a firm, they're not going to be happy to hear that. So it, it's a very, very important exam. And unlike the LSAT, unlike the SAT, it's a pass-fail exam. Uh, with this outcome being so vastly important very for the individual. Stakes. Very high stakes. is a better term even. That you find out about it. First of all, you, know, you start law school, you're all in one building. You're not dispersed over the campus. And in your first year, you have many students in the second year, the third year. They're taking it before you. You know them. You're working in law firms while you're in law school. So many of the students, either clerking or summer clerkships or just doing whatever they're doing to help work, pay for their, their law school. So many of them work in law firms. you got older brothers, sisters, uncles, I mean, people that have taken the bar exam. And, and ultimately, you're going to be talking to them to find out you know, what you should be doing. And they're going to be glad to give you advice. Even if you don't ask them, they'll be glad to give you advice. That's the way that works, right? So I take pride in the fact that we're where we're at because of word of mouth and because 
people basically out there practicing now say, this is what you do. This is the course you take. Uh, and it still works. I mean, we still not only have the dominant position in the marketplace today, but our numbers percentage-wise went up quite a bit. For example, just in this last exam, we increased okay. our numbers. Yeah. All of the law students at my school know how much weight the bar carries, the importance and the pressure there is to pass it. Uh, and I'm sure that's the same across law schools uh, all over our nation. And yet there seems to be some, some ex mistakes that are, are commonly made. And the passage isn't 100%, obviously. What, what do you think uh, are the biggest mistakes that law students make, even though they know this is a priority and they know uh, what's riding on it? Let me take a step backwards and allude yeah. to something I've referred to in the talk today mm -hmm. to set the predicate for this all. Uh, as I said today, first of all, everybody taking the bar exam has been a successful exam test taker. Mm -hmm. You did well enough in undergrad to get into law school, which is not a given, and, and you got out of law school. So your whole life long, every single person sitting for that exam, your whole life long you've been passing exams. And yet what do we know for a fact? We know that X percent of those people, for the first time in their life, are going to fail an examination. And it's the most important one they've ever taken. And, and that's preordained because no board of bar examiners is going to pass 100% of their test takers. Now, each state determines its own pass rate. You have some, California being an illustration, maybe 50% pass. Uh, you have others which much higher pass rates, but in every state, you're, you're going to have people who are not making it. And if anything, in the last couple of years, the passage rates are going down in this country. And so th that's a given. Uh, as to what you're doing wrong, you know, that's a very complex question. I mean, you have to be studying the right materials in the right way. And, and the thing that really differentiates this exam from other exams is the sheer bulk of material. And guess what? A number of the subjects you're going to take in almost all states are subjects you never had in law school. I mean, yeah, you want to talk to me about the first-year subjects, torts, contracts, property? Yeah, everybody's had that. Criminal law, con law, yeah, everybody's had that. Uh, but now you tell me how many people have had wills or trusts, even a subject like evidence. I mean, if a student in their second and third year goes, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going into trial practice, you know, they might not do it. Uh, in Illinois, for example, a couple of years ago, uh, we had an administrative law question. Ad law? Who the hell takes ad law on law school? I mean, how many people? <laughs> right? You know, you did? I'm the outlier. Yeah, yeah. The only one. Yeah, the only one. Probably, okay. probably is a seminar, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's, no, but I'm serious. There's all, you know, I mean, in Illinois, for example, there are 27 subjects. And nobody's had all of them. Nobody's had all of them. And you have to remember them, even if you had That's taken them. That's right. And, well, and by the way, sure. Even the subjects you had, like torts and contracts, that was three years ago. Yeah. If somebody says, sit down, I'm going to give you any... I say this actually when I open my, my lectures in my individual classes. I, I talk to them about the importance of learning some things. And I go, I understand that all of you, the second you take my final exam, you're going to beep up for that. The second you walk out, you're going to launch in the forgetting curve. So, for example, I say to them, if I say to you, tell you what, I'm going to give you a middle-of-the-ballpark negligence question. You all took torts. Negligence is always the biggest part of torts. You all took it, you all passed the exam. And if I said to you, I'm gonna use just an easy, straightforward, middle of the ballpark question, 50% of your grade. Do you have 50% of my grade? 
You gotta be kidding me. That was three years ago. What do I remember? I don't want 50% of my grade to depend on that. Well, think about this in the context of the bar exam where you've had even the ones you've had. Yeah, and it's 100% of your career. <laughs> it's 100% of your career, and you took it a couple of years ago. So it's a bar review course. Mm-hmm. You're reviewing stuff you took, but the fact of the matter is, given bar exams these days, you're also reviewing stuff you never took in law school. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, yes. it's, that's what makes it so difficult. Right. So how'd you come up with the name Barbary? So that's sort of a sort of a convoluted name, but it's, it's <laughs> like your name's Coca-Cola, you're not going to change it either. Uh, when I started in Illinois, it was BRI. It was called the BRI, which stood for Bar Review Institute, but okay. you know, go okay. figure. Nobody called it that, including us. It was called BRI. BRI. Okay. And even now, I'll run guys from my early years, and they go, yeah, I took the BRI with you. <laughs> uh, and after some odd years... We had been everywhere, and we'd started, I'd started to expand, so we were from Arizona to Maine. We were, had a lot of courses already. But there was a huge course in the West Coast, out in California, that was terrific. And I became friends with them. I even lectured in their course form, uh, called BAR, which stood for Bay Area Review. And, of course, Bay Area Review, as we would all suspect, was located in Los Angeles. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, L.A. something or another didn't come up with the letters B-A-R. Yeah, Bay Area not Review quite a could, right? Right, right, right. Uh, so, and, and it was known, too. Nobody called it Bay Area Review. Everybody called it the B-A-R. <laughs> and we got together, finally, somewhere down the road, uh, started a joint venture course in New York, and uh, which was going to be called B-R-I, B-A-R, except Brie Bar didn't ring quite the way Barbary would. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So we called it that. Barbary. One thing led to another, and, and stuck. here it is a million-plus <laughs> students later. Wow. That's awesome. We ain't about to change it. But again, it, yeah. we, we change Coca-Cola, you know, yeah. or any of that stuff. It, it's just, it's, yeah. And you, and you founded Barbary in what year? A long time ago. Long time ago? Oh, my gosh. No, well, but it's, it, it, was, it was over 40 years ago. Over wow. 40 years ago. Well, yeah. it's a, it's Did you ever make it back to the Bay, or you stayed in, in Illinois? I, no, I never, I never made it back. I lecture there every year. I go there all the time. I love it. But I told you, too, I yeah. go to your home state of Washington every year. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in California, uh, just because so many law students are there, and mm-hmm. I... I uh, but uh, I stayed in Chicago. I stayed there by choice, by the way, because I... Actually, as a matter of fact, my firm did open the San Francisco office. And I was hoping to go, and they were, gonna make, they were going to make me partner with that move. But uh, by then, I loved this bar review business. Yeah. Okay. So I wow. stopped. And, of course, I had a... One of the real problems when I quit that job is... <laughs> I still had to pay rent, put food in the table. <laughs> so that's how I... You know, people always think I was a law school professor. Mm-hmm. That started. No, no, I was actually a practicing lawyer in Baker and McKenzie. I became a law school professor when I decided to do this full time. All right. And, and so that allowed me to do both. And I love that too. Well, it's truly fantastic. I want to ask you one last question sure, before sure. we wrap up today. It affects a lot of the students who are signing up to take Barbary. You know, this uh, uniform bar exam is an issue that has uh, really started to snowball, kind of like the early days of Barbary. Uh, recently, New York, is chief judge, uh, agreed to, to make New York uh, mm-hmm. the uh, 16th 
uh, UBE state, uh, the idea where you can take one bar that's transferable uh, immediately upon passage based on, a, uh, on your, your point uh, on a scale. What are your thoughts no, about well, that? Well, by the way, New York's not a pure UBE state. They've adopted it for part of their exam. A pure UBE state, one of the rest is Washington. You know, but, but the fact of the matter is, in a sense, this is not brand new. Because most states, mm-hmm. my state, we already have the multi-state bar exam. Yes. Every state but Louisiana has it, the multi-state bar examination. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Louisiana, hey, they still have the Napoleonic Code down there. So it's, it's <laughs> a different world. Right? You know, and, we and still love you, Louisiana. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. Oh, I do, by the way. Yeah. One of my favorite places to go. Uh, and we have the uniform... Uh, the multi-state essay examination in place. We take the uh, performance test. So, you know, we have all, but we also have an Illinois section, uh, which is fairly extensive. And New York has also kept some New York stuff in there. Not, not much, but they've kept some in there. So do you think... Um, I think, by the way, New York did that for a, a reason, part of which uh, I very strongly suspect, and I know people that have echoed this sentiment... It's because of the state of Washington, because New York has always owned the quote-unquote international bar aspect of it. Uh, When all of the LLMs come over, which there are so many in the country, Mm -hmm. the New York bar exam has always been the one that they took. And they made it easy and it was very hard for LLMs to go anywhere else because it wasn't allowed. Well, Washington adopted the UBE, Uniform Bar Exam, and allowed all those people to come to Washington. And all of a sudden people were going to Washington. To, to beautiful Seattle. Washington. Wow. That's it. Instead of, instead of New York City. So I think New York, went, you know, we're not giving that up. I see. I see. So that's sort of an undercurrent there. Uh, the, yeah, other states don't have that same concern. And to the argument that some states have uh, about we don't want to open up our competitive are already hyper-competitive of the legal market to outsiders. Uh, are your thought? What are your thoughts about well, I, that? I think I think that's always been true about bar exams. That, that's you know that is a, uh, a bar exam could be viewed as a barrier to entry. Again, mm-hmm. just getting your law degree ain't going to do it for you. You have to pass this exam. Uh, is this so a con law question? <laughs> and as, and, you know, everybody everybody uh, dreads the bar exam, but then they pass it. And they go, yeah, you know, maybe we ought to close that door a bit more. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, it's funny. And it's, uh, we got enough lawyers already. Now that they're part of the club. <laughs> now that they're part of the club, exactly. So, yeah. Well, Professor Kahnweiser, your insights and, and your story was truly remarkable. Um, thank you for uh, not only making the, the bar exam something more accessible and, and approachable for our students uh, who've uh, preceded us and who will come after us, but thank you for just your genuine investment in the advancement of the profession and the strengthening right. of it. Obviously, your legacy is something that upon which uh, shoulders we stand on, and yeah. we appreciate that service and, and your time with us today. Well, Fabio, I, I so gladly spent it with you guys to, to do this, but here's you're kicking off this whole process. I'm honored, actually, that you asked me to do this. Uh, and again, as I said, with regard to the ABA LSD division, you guys just please continue to do the great work you've been doing. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank you, it sir. Really I appreciate a it. All right. 
This has been another edition of the ABA Law Student Podcast. I'm Fabiani Duarte. And I'm Madison Burke, signing off. Thank you for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. Remember, U.S. law students at ABA accredited schools can join the ABA for free. Join now at AmericanBar.org forward slash law student. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.